Welcome to the Transformed Maternity and Birth Podcast with me, Trista, your host. I am a mother, a wife, a doula, and women's health advocate. I am here to dive deep with you into pregnancy, birth, postpartum, women's health, and all things around being a mom. I'm passionate about educating women on their options, empowering you to love and know your body and getting to the root of the issues that we tend to put band-aids over. I cannot wait to get started with you. Let's do it. I wanted to interrupt this episode with our newest sponsor. I'm so excited to actually be partnering with this company because I've been eyeballing this company for months and I have just been in awe of what they're creating. So this company is called Needed. This is a woman-owned company that's focused on fixing the perinatal nutrition paradigm. Unlike most prenatals that meet just the bare minimums, they actually deliver optimal nourishment before during and after pregnancy. Did you know that before you get pregnant, at least three to four months, you should be taking a very high quality prenatal vitamin. This actually impacts your egg health and vitality. So if you are thinking of getting pregnant, this is a great option for you. This company with their prenatal vitamins, they deliver optimal nourishment and they are practitioners that regularly test mama's nutrient levels so that they know what's truly needed in their supplements. They offer a complete plan, which includes prenatal multi, a collagen protein, and then a tailored pre and probiotic and a separate prenatal iron. Their prenatal multivitamin comes in powder and pill form. The powder is really good on oatmeal and in shakes and smoothies, or you can take a pill if that's easier for you. They contain 24 vitamins and minerals in optimal forms and dosages, including methylfolate, 4,000 IUs of vitamin D3, 2, or 200 micrograms of B12 that's split between methyl and adenosglycobalamin, a full 550 milligrams of choline in powder form and then 400 milligrams in pill form and so much more. They love helping women and reaching their their fertility goals and helping them be the most nutritious and healthy um, environment for baby to thrive in and if you're breastfeeding, this is also really, really good. So if you would like to snag a sample pack, you can get $10 off with the code Trista sample. Or if you are ready to dive in and get a complete pack, you can get $50 off a complete pack for using the code Trista 50. Or if you want to find something else for yourself, you can get 20% off any first time order. I would love to hear if you tried this company and to hear what you think. If you want, you can go to their website called thisisneeded.com and then add one of my codes to save you some money. I cannot wait and thank you again for listening to this episode. Let's get back to it. All right. And then I'm going to push record on my podcast app real quick. All right. Where's your face? I lost you. There you were. Okay. All right. So we can just start with, I'll just kind of like let you introduce yourself and those kinds of things. And then we can go into your story and, um, yeah, you can share as much as you want, as little as you want. There's no TMI, like don't yeah, anything. Yeah. Um, do you have any questions? No, I think I'm good. All right. Whenever you're ready. Okay. Let's do it. All right. All right. All right. Kayla. Is it Kayla or Kayla May? What Kayla. do you like to call Kayla? Okay. Yeah. May is my last name. It's funny. So many people think Kayla May is like my first name. Yeah. I used to work at a doctor's office and there was a couple people that patients that were like, this is my name. And it was like their first and their middle name, but they would get mad. So mad if they didn't add it. So I'm always careful, <laughs> to like make sure I like say your name, right? All yeah, right. Just Kayla. Okay, perfect. Okay. All right, Kayla, thank you so much for taking your time to come on the podcast. I am really excited to hear your story and kind of hear your journey and like how, like what made you want to become a doula. And I'm really excited to hear your story. So thank you. Cause you're joining me from like across, like not across the country, but 
I guess kind of across the country, kind right? Of, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> where do you, where are you living again? Remind me. I'm in Pennsylvania. I'm That's in right. Little, little old Lancaster. That's amazing. Yeah. So tell me about yourself. Let's, let's get to know Kayla a little bit. So I am 22 years old. Um, I was in high school at Solanco. Um, I graduated there a little bit early and I went on to do some like psychology at Cecil College. Um, I ended up not really staying there, to be honest, like after, after not really experiencing my senior year of high school, I really just didn't really enjoy school or learning at all. Um, so I was kind of like in a rut, like not really knowing what I wanted to do, what I wanted to, you know, be when I, when I grow up, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, and then this wonderful surprise came when I was 21. Um, I found out I was pregnant in December of 2020, like right before Christmas, two days before Christmas. Um, and immediately I knew I wanted an unmedicated birth, but it was definitely more fear-based of why I wanted a medicated birth. Um, because I hated needles. I did not want an epidural like that just ever since I was little and knew, you know, learned what birth was and everything like an epidural was just not something I was very passionate about. Yeah. Um, so pretty early on, I went immediately like educating myself, trying to figure out what ways I can help myself get through labor, get through delivery without, you know, without the epidural, but really any medication possible. Um, and as I educated myself and as I kind of learned like the physiological process of labor and delivery, it really helped me not be afraid of it anymore. Mm -hmm. And it really like turned my fear into more of like, I wanna say eagerness or like curiosity to where like my whole mindset changed about how I thought about birth and labor and all of that like to whereas before I was like kind of scared like how painful is it gonna be you know am I gonna you know suck her out and get the epidural and just putting it out there if anyone chooses to get the epidural like good for you I'm sure it is such a great pain reliever and everything just for me <laughs> needles are not my thing <laughs> you're not alone in that I I think a lot of and initially that was my reason for having an unmet or wanting one with my first two was like I don't want an epidural that looks terrible like I don't want them to poke my back so I can relate and so many others I feel like can relate to that fear also because like it does it comes from like I don't know right growing up we don't want to get shots right so I can yeah, you're not alone also comes from like seeing birth on like television totally seeing like that version of birth yeah. I feel like very much like put fear into me totally oh my <laughs> and that's God. not how birth is at all like which is totally crazy at least my birth for sure yeah um but yeah, I kind of like was able to shift my mindset to where I wanted my contractions to come. Like when I started feeling my more intense contractions, like in active labor and stuff like that, I was like smiling and wanting the next contraction. Like, wow, I, I don't, I don't know. I was like really surprised about how how my mindset was during that time yeah so fast forward to when I am actually in labor I did most of my laboring 
at home. I decided to head to the hospital um, pretty much when I was ready to like give birth. I, when, I, when I showed up at the hospital, I was like ready to push. I didn't have time to do any paperwork, which is a big, which is a big birth hack in my opinion. Like if you don't want to do paperwork, talk to a whole bunch of people um, and kind of just stay in your little groove, just show up at the very end don't show up when you're like (laughs) just start feeling those contractions because yes I could definitely tell a difference between my laboring at home and like the progression even though I was at the very end I could tell a difference between being at at the hospital for sure yeah how many weeks were you when you went into labor I was almost 38 weeks wow so that's weeks yeah yeah I went a little earlier than you know my due date which I was totally fine with but I was a hundred percent expecting to go overdue yeah that's my due date just because it was my first pregnancy and typically that's pretty common yeah so take me back to like when you're pregnant and finding like your birth team like your provider how was that journey for you initially Mm -hmm. So in the very beginning, um, I wasn't very educated on birth, pregnancy, anything like that. So for the first, I want to say like few weeks, I just went to, you know, my OB, whoever I would see for my typical yearly, you know, exams and stuff like that. Um, But pretty quickly... I kind of noticed that we kind of weren't, we didn't have like the same thoughts about Hmm. birth and stuff like that. Like my OB was more of like the medicalized version of birth to where I was wanting, you know, more of a hands-off birth. Okay. And they just weren't able to provide that for me. Um, how did you know initially, like in your point, was it in your appointments that you like kind of noticed like, Hey, this might not be in a good alignment with my values or what I want. Yeah. So pretty much I definitely felt that way because pretty early on with my OB, um, you know, when I told her that I wanted to have an unmedicated birth, um, she originally told me that, you know, she's 100% supportive of that and everything, but I could tell that with every, yeah, I'm supportive came like, but in this situation, Mm. and that to me was, although it would have been like helpful information, I just feel like the way she said it and it was more, I don't know, just the vibe that she gave off was like, yeah, I'll support you, but just know if this happens. It wasn't, she didn't make it feel like I had a choice in that, if that situation were to happen, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I just wanted to feel like I had more of a choice. Like, if I don't want to, you know, give birth on my back, like, I don't think that I should have to um and just little things like that or pull or you know spontaneous birth of the placenta like that was another big thing like they said if it went past so many minutes then you know they would want to intervene and it's it's just like little things like that that were bigger to me um that they weren't willing to really a hundred percent say that they were able to support me on. Yeah. Um, so after that, I was looking in to a midwife. Um, and thankfully I found an amazing midwife. Now where I gave birth, um, the way that it is like, you don't have a specific midwife like you're not guaranteed the midwife for your appointments for your birth. It's like whatever midwife is on call. Mm. 
Um, so that was a little bit unfortunate, but um, both midwives that I had for my appointments and for my birth were absolutely amazing. Um, they were 100% supportive. Um, they, they honestly made me feel like I was making every single decision during my prenatal appointments, um, whether it was, you know, going over my birth plan with me, because I spent a lot of time on my birth plan. <laughs> and like, they weren't, it wasn't like a plan. It was more like preferences, yeah. I guess, is like a better way to put it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they were amazing. Um, and then I guess fast forward to when um, I actually gave birth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, my baby's crying. No, you're fine. That's so <laughs> normal. So, okay. So you found your midwife, you felt super supported. Like they went over your birth plan with you. Like you're like, okay, this is more of a team, right? Like you're mm-hmm. communicating and you're going through things. I love that. I think that's so important to like pause and just kind of highlight because so many moms I feel are like, well, I'll just go with who my mom sees, or I'll just go with my sister's OB. And they don't really think to ask questions of like, huh, do they actually like align with like what I really want, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think that, and I was talking about this yesterday, cause it was like so prevalent yesterday for so many, in so many stories I was hearing. And I was like, huh please ask questions if, and if there's a red flag and if you're like, that feels heavy, that doesn't feel good to me, please shop around, (laughs) please look for another (laughs) provider. Um, midwives are trained in, you know, trusting physiological birth and OBs are trained in high risk. Right. And so, um, that's something to consider. And there is OBs that are amazing. And a lot of them trained with midwives. (laughs) And so they kind of all have been exposed to, to that world. And so it's really amazing to like hear you as a first time mom recognizing that already and Mm -hmm. making those choices. I think that's very admirable and very, um, brave. And I love that you were able to listen to yourself and trust that you were like, huh, I'm going to go find someone else and see what, what I can find. I really appreciate you sharing that. There's honestly so many options out there. So many options. Like you can have a hospital birth, a home birth, like a birth center is also a great option. Like there's so many places that that are just open to people. Yeah. hundred percent. Okay. So labor begins. How did you know it was labor? Okay. So I guess like a week before I actually gave birth, I definitely felt my Braxton Hicks transitioning into, you know, those more painful contractions. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was in early labor. I want to say that my whole process went very quickly, but early labor was probably five days. Okay. Like to where it was like actually noticeable. Mm. Was it coming and going Um, or was it kind of? Okay. Yeah, it was, it was definitely like very inconsistent. Yeah. Okay. Um, So at that point, that's when I was literally, I spent days like on the floor, just like doing a whole bunch of stretches, um, like the movements. uh, I actually did uh, what's called the mile circuit before I knew what the mile circuit was like I just just intuitively moving yeah it was just like what in my head I thought was like most comfortable because like I was educated at this point to know you know make my pelvis move in asymmetrical movements and stuff like that so yeah I was doing all of those stretches not not even knowing that it was like a legitimate little circuit. That's amazing. I love that <laughs> so much. No, awesome. I thought it was funny for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I would say after like day five is when it like 
really picked up and it was like I started getting the contractions to where you know okay I can't really do as much movement like I felt more stiff it like Mm. side to side wasn't really giving me as much relief as it was before um I couldn't necessarily talk as as good through my contractions at this point as well um but that probably lasted for two days maybe like a day and a half um and I spent that whole time just sleeping and doing like a whole bunch of pelvic stretches to like relieve some sort of pressure and I also had a lot of back pain I had a lot of back pain um so I was doing a lot of like the downward dog like yoga poses like that's amazing because right like as a doula right we kind of know that when we have back pain, most of the time it's the baby's in a wonky spot. Like the head's kind of funny and talking back or looking back at your early labor starting at, you know, five days and it's kind of coming and going, coming and going. That's also another sign of posterior babies. Mm -hmm. So your body's like trying to like nudge her into a better spot. So that's amazing. And intuitively you're doing a downward dog, which is getting her head out of your pelvis so she can reposition her head. That is amazing that blows my mind I love that so much yeah and at this point like of course now looking back on it I can see like oh well because my pelvis was doing this it was helping her you know move this way but it's so funny because when you just like listen to your body like you don't need to have that prior knowledge necessarily like if you just listen to your body like move around feel what feels comfortable like feel what relieves the pain like you, you just have it inside of you already. Like you have the knowledge inside of you. hundred percent. That's kind of what I say at my birth classes. I'm like all this stuff you already know. I'm just kind of opening the door for you to like, see it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. Okay. So labor is kind of picking up a little bit. Um, what you said, like stretching and sleeping was what helped. What how did you know, like, okay, this is like, this is real labor is like, it's not stopping. <laughs> okay. So to be honest, the, the moment I knew like, okay, like now is the time where I need to like figure out where I need to go to the hot, when I need to go to the hospital, I actually took a nap for like two and a half hours. Awesome. And I fell asleep like with a whole bunch of pillows on me like my one leg was like propped up like knees to my chest and then my other leg was straight so I was like kind of on my stomach kind of on my side Mm -hmm. if like you can kind of visualize that like an exaggerated Um, sims yeah yeah pretty much so I was just like sprawled out on my bed and after waking up I roll over and I hear like this big pop and like I feel this big pop wow and like I had just woken up like not two seconds I didn't even sit up out of bed I just rolled over and I just feel my water just go everywhere and like I knew my water broke because it was like the most dramatic thing and now it's not like that for everybody but for me it definitely was it was all at once (laughs) and literally not 10 seconds after my water broke I started having very intense contractions back to back to back like it was it was like I had no break in between and at that point I was like okay Brandon I've had a contraction for seven minutes now we need to get to the hospital yeah so you know, at this point, like, I was, I guess I should mention this. Before I took the nap, I went in to the hospital before that, like okay. maybe four hours before I actually gave birth. And I was only two centimeters at that point. Okay. Because I got checked. 
And then that's when I went home, took a nap and everything was just, you know. Yeah. Did they send you home because you weren't progressing or was that your choice to go home? Um, it was my choice to go home. They told me that I could stay if I wanted to. Okay. Um, but at that point, I was only two centimeters and I knew sometimes, you know, it can take hours and hours and yes. hours, maybe a day or whatever. So yeah, it was definitely my choice to go home. Awesome. I love it because there's so many more interventions that may have happened, right? If you and stayed there. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I knew, I knew that like going into it now. That's so smart. Um, so I, that was definitely part of the reason why I chose to go home yeah, for sure. I'm so glad you did. <laughs> for sure. Awesome. Um, so how yeah. was, how was Brandon? How was he like in this whole process? Was he like waking up like, okay. Or was he already, was he already awake or was he asleep or was he? Okay. So it's kind of funny because so when we were leaving my house, he was kind of like very like all right let's go let's go let's go let's go but like he wasn't like worrying he was more excited I would say but probably inside he was like oh crap crap, crap." a little little anxiety rising a little bit (laughs) before like I think when when I was laboring at home it like wasn't as real to him if that makes sense because you know I've been on the floor doing stretches for days now but I think once my water broke, it was like, real <laughs> like, oh yeah, this is real. <laughs> For sure, this is happening. Awesome. Um, but once we got to the hospital, in the time it took him to drop me off at the front and park the car, the nurses were like running outside, like pulling him in the door because I was like pushing at that point. Like I had, wow. no- yeah. So they were like, like come on come on come on you're having a baby and he's like I mean yeah that's why we're here and she's like no like she's having the baby now oh my god so I mean he was amazing during birth to be honest like he was surprisingly very calm and he wasn't like I don't know he was just very interested in it like he wasn't afraid to like look at what's happening like watch her being born like he was he was so supportive and so amazing um I honestly couldn't have asked for anything better from him at that point for sure I love that did he do any like education beforehand or did you talk to him about birth or had he seen birth before so he's definitely um like seen birth videos before I mean not only from me but like obviously like I watch so many birth videos from like what I do and stuff like that that he he watches them with me (laughs) uh during my pregnancy I definitely like educated him on things that like I wanted like things that were in my birth plan because I think it's very helpful for your partner to be just as educated as you are on like mm-hmm. what you want, your preferences. Yeah. Um, just because, especially if you go to a hospital, a lot of things can be happening at once. And when you're in like that active labor in transition or like actually giving birth, you can't focus on more than like your contraction like it's just it's impossible it's literally impossible so to have like an extra set of eyes just you know seeing what's happening and everything like that because just so many things can happen like you just never know yeah I love that you brought that up because I was actually talking to a bunch of journalists yesterday about that because um it's not fair for partners to just be thrown into it for us to just expect that they are going to like be okay with seeing it. And, and if they've never seen birth before, 
right? Mm -hmm. If they don't know what's on your plan, if they don't know your desires, your wishes, if they don't know the pros and the cons and the why, like, why do I want delayed cord clamping? Right. So like, if the doctor goes to clamp it, they could be like, Hey, wait, we want a delayed cord clamping. Right. Instead of going. And then if the doctor says, well, this is what we do. And you know, you, as you know, as the partner could say, well, we want the cord to stop pulsing before you clamp and cut it. Right. Instead of going, Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Like, you know, better. And, um, yes, there's some scenarios, right. Where like babies not looking great. And the providers are very good at seeing that and they do what they need to do. However, having the partner understand like why we're doing the things that we want to do is so important. And I love that you talked about that because Um, there was a family I was talking to and the dad with the first baby was like up by the head, like didn't want to see anything, like almost passed out. And then, um, so now he's like, like educated himself more. And he's like, I'm like, how do you feel about this next birth? And he's like, oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm like, well, what's helped you? And he's like, I've watched so many birth videos. He's like, I've desensitized myself about like the craziness that it is. And it, and I've learned to accept it and like how beautiful and powerful it is. So yes, I love that Brandon did that. That's amazing. All right. So you're pushing, <laughs> are you in the wheelchair or are they like, are you walking? What's happening? Okay. So at this point, like I was wheeled in cause I called in and I was, and I was like, listen, like you guys need to have a wheelchair for me, be outside. Like yeah, I'm going to need some help. Yeah. So they wheeled me inside and they had a bed ready for me so that they can take me back. I forget if they took me to triage or if they just took me straight back, but they took me back to a room and, and at this point, like I was on my back and she was like crowning at this point. So I was kind of you know, at the, at that point, the most comfortable thing for me to do was just stay in the position I was in because it was just all happening so fast. At this point, like I wasn't even pushing her out. Like I could feel my body, like my insides just push her out. Yeah. You were experiencing the fetal ejection reflex. Yes. And it is the craziest thing to feel like in the moment, because you're like, okay like this baby's coming like there's nothing I can do like right you're like okay this is happening (laughs) I'm not trying it's wild for sure but honestly it getting to that point like being able to not like forcefully push my baby out it really like was able to keep me a lot like if I would have had to like push my baby out like forcefully it would have made me so anxious. Like I would have been so stressed out. It was really like, I was so relaxed or as relaxed as I could be, you know, through contractions. Right. (laughs) That's amazing. That's why you were experiencing it, experiencing it that smoothly and that quickly, because you were able to like, you trusted your body, right? Like Mm -hmm. you're like, this is normal. This is okay. And I love that. That's amazing. For sure. And it took me a while to like get to that point. Oh, yeah. It took me up to like my first two trimesters, like I was faking it till I made it. And then my third trimester, I was like, okay, like, no, I can, I can do this. I can do this. Yeah. And like I started to believe it for sure. Yeah. That's the other key, right? I can tell myself all day, but how can I make myself believe? believe that's true mm-hmm. it's a lot of work yeah it is a lot of work it's a lot of work and like learning things and for sure yeah so you're pushing so she's crowning you're pushing yes. involuntarily so, yeah. yeah so I am on my back and I am just letting my body push her out and she was out within like two contractions I would say like the first contraction happened in the room and you know she she was crowning and then the second contraction she she came out all at once like it wasn't the head popped out and then I had to wait for the next contraction like wow all at once it was crazy 
that's yeah. really crazy it was it was definitely an experience it was it was nothing what, what I thought it would be it was in the best way possible yeah like it was amazing. that's amazing that's amazing wow mm-hmm. what was that what did that feel like um so honestly like immediately after I was just it really felt like euphoric like mm-hmm. like it sounds cheesy but like magical no like, I was cheesy so, like I felt so empowered and I felt like, like just so proud of myself mm. for like, you know, advocating for myself throughout my whole pregnancy. And like, yeah. to be honest, another thing was I was so sick throughout my whole pregnancy. Like I had morning sickness, like all day and all night, like throughout the whole time. So it was like a sense of relief because I finally didn't feel nauseous. It was like an instant relief. Yeah. And I just, I just felt so good about myself. (laughs) I don't know. Like, it's just, once you have your baby in your arms, like it's, it's just like, you feel like a whole different woman, honestly, a whole different person. That's beautiful. That is so beautiful. And question too, because so I was also super sick, not my whole pregnancy, but I had hyperemesis um, for the first like 18 weeks. And when you have that, you have to get so good at listening to your body because you have to go, what foods can I eat? Mm-hmm. What sounds good, which is nothing, but what can I probably stomach in this moment? I don't know for you, but for me, I felt like I had, like, I got really good at listening to my body. Do you think that maybe that kind of helped you? For sure. For sure. Because I had to go through like so much, like I had a lot of like foods that like, I just did not want to mess with at all. Like, like raw meats. Like I just knew that I couldn't mess with, um, and stuff like that. Like I just, And I feel like also being able to like, I know this sounds crazy, but from throwing up so much and getting sick, like I hate getting sick. So being able to like mentally like block out the fact like, okay, I'm not dying right now. Like I'm okay. Like that also helped me personally a lot because dealing with that was able to like help me cope with anxieties and stuff like that just like even little stupid things like that no that's not stupid because it's so true and I kind of I I can relate so much to you in that regard because I remember like I don't know it'd be like the 10th time I'm throwing up in the day and I'm like I think I'm dying like I think I'm dying like would it be easier if I died right now (laughs) it's so intense and in the moment you like this is real like this is real and then looking back you're like oh okay I was fine but it does and right and so yeah is you have to learn how to like go throughout and yeah anyway that's crazy um so take me to like immediate postpartum like how was like you know the initial latching and like how was how was that period so initially it was pretty good. Initially, it was pretty good. Um, I did have one problem because so with my nipples, um, they are both inverted. Okay. Pregnancy, um, you know, I think the hormones and everything cause them to like, not be inverted anymore, like to come out a little bit. Mm. But I think with that um my one side it was so hard to get her to latch on that one side because Mm -hmm. you know that side was a little bit bigger and her mouth was so tiny like it was it was very difficult so I was primarily breastfeeding on one side and then pumping on the other just because I needed like I just needed to know that she was getting fed and stuff like that yeah Um, 
But my breastfeeding journey, unfortunately, very sadly, ended kind of early. Um, you know, I definitely tried very hard. I, I tried for such a such a long time. It felt like, um, but honestly, I feel like immediate postpartum, I had so much anxiety. Mm-hmm. Like I went through a lot of like depression and stuff like that. Like, and I, I definitely feel as if that contributed to, you know, my breastfeeding journey. Yeah. Um, not only in like my milk supply, mm-hmm. but like just my want to keep trying, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Because um, in the beginning, she was born at five pounds, 11 ounces. She was tiny. <laughs> tiny. And she, within the first week, I want to say, like five days, six days, maybe, she dropped down to like five pounds even. Mm. And it was just very scary for me because, you know, it is normal for babies to lose weight after birth for, you know, numerous reasons. Um, But I knew for me, like, I didn't get any IV fluids. So I knew that, you know, the excess amount of fluids wasn't really pertaining to me. Um, And I could like visibly see a difference on her, Mm -hmm. like on her size, like I could tell that she was she was definitely losing weight like very fast um so at that point I kind of felt like I kind of felt like I needed to start supplementing with formula Mm -hmm. um and to be honest at, at that point I was I also was not very comfortable breastfeeding in front of people which which is just like a thing for me personally um but I I guess I shouldn't say in front of everybody because it was mostly just family okay that I was that I was uncomfortable with like friends strangers doctors it's like whatever to me but family was a little different I don't know I was a little bit more sensitive to that yeah um, And that was very hard being that, you know, immediate postpartum, the family just wants to be there, you know, like we had so many visitors, Mm. you know, it was, it was a lot. It was a lot for me. Um, Especially when you're like a new mom, you're trying to figure out this breastfeeding thing. You're not comfortable in the first place to breastfeed in front of family members and they're coming over and you're like, I'm trying to figure this out. So my boobs are going to be out. I'm going to be leaking. I'm going to be like trying to latch and relatch because in the first stage, like, like, it's not like, okay, here's my boob. Like baby latches themselves, right? They need so much help. And so process 100% it's such a big learning curve for mom and baby um yeah so that's the yeah that probably was that was hard it sounds like yeah for sure it was it was definitely difficult and I think because of that I kind of you know my milk supply just very slowly but surely started like not really progressing like by the time I was supposed to be getting you know, ounces of milk. I was not okay. Ounces of milk. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's probably like a like many different reasons for that that kind of went into that for sure. But um, those are definitely a few that I think were major ones for sure. Because you know, staying on top of pumping is very important. You know, if you're not always breastfeeding and stuff like things like that um yeah but if it's like contributing to your depression if it's making you feel if it's making your life like harder like there's so many more options you can do 
And I love that you were okay with that. Like, I love that you were like, okay, we're going to supplement and this is okay. Like my baby needs that. Mm-hmm. And that's sometimes hard. Did you have any, like, I don't know. Cause I've heard from other moms that are like, I just felt so like shame or guilt around that. Just not from like more, probably from like outside, like society, more pressure. For, yes, for sure. So it was, that was probably like one of the most difficult decisions I had to make postpartum Mm -hmm. was to choose to you know not exclusively breastfeed or use breast milk um but at the end of the day I just knew that for my baby like that was best and that you know it was okay and then once I started using the formula and I saw her you know gaining the weight back and I could see a visual difference like it made me feel a lot better but yeah I mean of course like I felt like what is wrong with my body like Mm. why can I not regulate my stress well enough why can I not like advocate for myself well enough like why can I not just do things for my child like and formula is expensive so like there was that on top of it like yeah like that was it's like a big stressor because it's like you you're supposed to have everything you need in your body but like when you're not able to you know help your body produce that it's 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 definitely difficult because you feel very guilty and I think that's definitely normal and it's okay to feel that because it's you know you have to feel what you feel but yeah because sometimes you go through like a grieving period right of like like this is what I wanted to do and I can't yeah it definitely feels like that and I think because also like I had such a great birth like I came out of the hospital like feeling great like empowered and then I get home and it's just like a whole nother world like okay this is like real life like I have to do this now mm. and it was it's definitely a hard transition yeah so was there any thing that you that was helpful in your postpartum or things that were good or was it just hard like what did that look like so postpartum it definitely had its ups and downs for me um for me personally it was in the beginning like immediate postpartum in the hospital you know it was good you know I was happy I was breastfeeding everything was going great I didn't really have a problem in the world at Mm -hmm. that point um and then we get home and of course like regular life stresses like you know we have to pay rent and I'm not going to be working and that was that's so hard so hard feeling guilty for not providing financially but you're doing like you're raising a child like that was definitely very hard but I mean being able to see my boyfriend grow into a dad Mm -hmm. I think by far like the best thing about having a baby and anything that has happened postpartum because it's just so amazing to have like a little family now like you know, we have the daughter and we have the dog. Like, it's just, you know, I'm very content with my family and being able to watch our progression, like seeing us in the beginning, like watching over her crib, like when she's sleeping and, you know, how much we grew from that first day. Yeah, It's just, to me, it makes it all worth it. Yeah. in all honesty because 
the biggest like downfall of my postpartum journey like it couldn't amount to like the highest point so it's just like that's beautiful for sure (laughs) I love that so what what was helpful for you postpartum like did you have like I know you said you had like a lot of family and visitors and stuff like that was there anything that they did that was helpful that you would like to have happen again or what so the whole journey let's just say this what would you like to keep and what would you do differently okay so honestly family was definitely like having that village of people is definitely helpful like for instance for for my pregnancy I was in the middle of moving um wow that's a lot during like maybe three days to a week after I gave birth was when I started moving into my new apartment so it was like a lot happening at once so having my family there to like clean up the old apartment and help move things and we had so many friends that helped us too like it was that was a huge thing like having someone to help with like everyday stuff like the first few days you really it's just so special and so important and like those are the time where the like both parents are learning how to function like in everyday life with a baby now and so having like the added stressors of like getting the dishes done you know cleaning you know things like that washing pump parts or bottles that was definitely a big stress reliever because it was one less thing that I had to worry about yeah immediate postpartum you know taking a shower is like you have to schedule that throughout the day totally you have to schedule your showers you have to schedule your meals but also having someone like cook you meals like not having like frozen food and having fresh hot meals like is so comforting so nutritious like yeah it really changes your day when you have good food, like food that you want, especially if you've, if you've been sick all your pregnancy and you can finally eat. Yeah. It's definitely such an amazing part. What do you remember the first thing you ate after you gave birth? Oh, my cheesecake. Was it amazing? It was, it really (laughs) was. It really was. I like, was wow, this is delicious. I'm not sick anymore. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> it was so bad. That's so funny. So is there anything that you would recommend to someone that is pregnant right now that is going through their journey, you know, going into this first time or maybe it's their third time but they've never had like a vaginal birth before maybe they've had c-sections or I don't know do you what is your what would you recommend to them or what advice would you give them well first and foremost is figure out the kind of birth that you want like how you want your birth to look and find a provider that is willing to let you have that because I feel like that is the most important part um because if you don't care about your provider and their views and their morals about birth like it can really affect every part of your pregnancy and postpartum journey at the end of the day so that's definitely number one um And number two is educate. Like that was the biggest thing for me because when I was able to educate myself and understand what is happening during labor, during birth, like it was so much helpful. It was, it was so helpful to me because I was able to not fear birth anymore. I was able to actually 
you know, be excited for the hardest part of birth. Yeah. And so that is another thing. Um, And one more important one is have a postpartum plan. Yes. Because that is like I spent nine months on birth and nothing about lactation, postpartum, like all of that stuff. Because looking back on my breastfeeding journey, if I knew then what I know now, a lot of things could have went differently. Like for sure my journey could have been different um so just having a plan set for what you want postpartum you know if you're one of those people who you don't want visitors for a week like state that or if you need people to help you postpartum say that like yeah there's it's so important that you have exactly what you need as new parents And I think that goes definitely for both parents, because I think partners of the birthing person are so easily forgotten because, you know, the birthing person is the one going through it and everything. But we also kind of forget, you know, the partners most likely have to go back to work in a week and this is their time, you know, to really soak up all of that stuff and all of those little moments and, you know, they're going to have, you know, the mom guilt, dad guilt as well. So I think having a postpartum plan that fits for both parents is, is huge because making sure that both parents are happy is key for a happy postpartum experience in my opinion. Yeah, I I can, yeah, I can totally, yes, 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 you are so smart. The postpartum plan is so good. It's so good because we don't think about it. We don't think about it. We are like, oh, we're going to bring this home, the homeless baby. We're going to like snuggle them. It's going to just be magical and beautiful. And yes, it is. And it's also really hard. Right. And if we're like, I'm not going to look at the hard things. I'm just going to be like, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. And I'm just going to rely on my partner to do this and this and this for me. I'm going to, you know, we can't do that because our partner also just went through this. And so they're also like going to be tired and they're also trying to like figure out, like, of course they want to take care of you. Right. Of course they want to nurture you and make sure that you're okay. But we also need to like have support support that's supporting both of you. Mm-hmm. Right. So I love that you touched on that. Um, is there any way, like if somebody wanted to reach out to you, if anybody's like looking for a doula <laughs> where you live, what um, would you say would be a best way to reach out to you? Um, so definitely my Instagram at this moment. Um, for me personally, I'm actually in the process of starting up my little um, doula business with one of my good friends, Caitlin Casco. Um, So that will be starting up here soon. We're finishing some classes with CBI. So within the next few months, we'll be fully certified and all of that. Um, But definitely my Instagram, it's kk may 7 it's k-a-y k-a-y m-a-y 7 <laughs> yeah i'll link it in the show notes so you guys can click on it it'll be really easy to find her so yeah but that is definitely the best way to contact me i'm definitely here to answer any questions or awesome. help anyone out in any way yeah and i think just by sharing your story it's been helpful and eye-opening and really beautiful to hear that and hear your journey. So I really appreciate that. Well, so thank much. you for having me. Honestly, so, so exciting. Thank you for coming and sharing your story. I really appreciate it. It's really, it's a great way to start my day. <laughs> well, I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs>
Thank you so much for being here. It really means so much to have you here. Thanks for listening all the way through to the end. I wanted to give a quick reminder that this podcast episode and past and future episodes should not be used for medical diagnosis or treatment, that you should still consult with your midwife, your medical provider, OBGYN, for all your medical needs, all your medical questions. Thank you so much again for being here, and I can't wait to have you here the next